I want you to take your Bibles out and I want you to turn to the book of Romans. And we're going to jump into this thing and I want to just share with you about what God is speaking. Last week we talked about believe. And so if you have your Bible to the book of, of Romans, the book of Romans, and then we're going to jump into this Thing. And, and so why, why is a church vision so important? Why, why is it necessary? Well, this is what we like to say. Uh, a, divine, a church vision is a divine revelation of God's purpose and plan, which the church can visualize and accomplish by taking steps to follow God to its fulfillment. So why does a church need a vision? It's for any reason why anything should need a vision. It's to visualize and accomplish. If we can't see it, we can't claim it. If we can't see it, we can't seize it. So we want to make sure that we are a church that's visualizing and accomplishing what God has spoken to us to do. So what is the vision statement? Pathway of Life Church exists to see people believe in Jesus, belong to a faith-filled community, and become a disciple-making disciples. I'm going to say that again. Pathway of Church exists to see people believe in Jesus, belong to a faith-filled community, and become a disciple-making disciples. Now, I know that doesn't necessarily make anybody just jump up and shout, but what that means, it gives us a foundation of what we are aiming to do as a congregation. So breaking that down from a mission standpoint, it's led by the presence of God. Pathway of Life Church exists to support, equip, and empower people of all ages to grow as disciples in Christ who contribute their natural and their spiritual gifts for building the kingdom of God. And you will experience God through engaging worship, sound biblical teaching with practical application, a friendly environment, and a place to belong. And lastly, we have values. Our values are simple. Believe, belong, and become. So our values are our habits. It's what we want to create some habits to make sure that we are functioning and seeing God do some great things in our life and through our church. So let's just pray over this. And I just want to just have a conversation with you today as I did last week. And we'll kind of break open what God is saying to us today. Father, thank you so much for this incredible day. Uh, thank you, Father, for the opportunity to see lives changed and touched by your presence. And we thank you for what you're doing in our midst today. And we pray that you will have your way Father, move uh, in this moment, and we thank you. Holy Spirit, you know how we do it. I can't do it without you. Speak through me so I can translate a compelling vision for our church that everybody can latch on to, and we can continue to grow together. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, Tori. I appreciate it so, so much. We talked last week about believe, the believe part of our values, and and we talked about how important it is that we are a church that believes because those that have no faith in Jesus is our target. So we're targeting two people. 
We're, we're targeting people that have no faith in Jesus, that, that don't even know Jesus, who he is. Don't know, they didn't grow up in an environment that talked about Jesus. They, did, they just don't know. So they're just drifting with no knowledge of Jesus. But we're also targeting those that have lost faith in Jesus. There's, there's people that once believed, but now their faith is kind of wavering. And so with love, we want to find them and, and reintroduce them or, or reconnect them uh, to Jesus through faith. And because we know that we live in a time where people are, are hopeless and people are lost and people are, are trying to find their way. And so we, we want to be a, a church that is constantly thinking about how do we get people to believe? Because again, we're in a, a hopeless time. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, say it, believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then it says two verses later, it says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So we want to be a church that believes, that believes in the word of God, that believes that God can turn lives around, that believes that if you're sick in your body, that you're not stuck in your diagnosis, but there we can agree and we can pray the prayer of faith that God will give you the ability to believe for your healing and your miracle. That's what we want to be a church to believe. Uh, we want to be a church that, that, that people believe in us that we won't shy away from hard questions. Because, you know, I'll be honest with you, a lot of churches historically, we're okay, we got our message, we got our, we, what we can hold on to, what we can understand, we under, we, we're okay sharing that message. But man, if a hard question comes our way, woo, we get all nervous and we get all, because we don't have answers. I want to have a church that we're okay with hard questions and we're okay with not having all the answers to hard questions. I believe that the world we live in needs a church that will not shy away from hard questions because everybody's got the questions in their mind. They just don't have the confidence in the church that will actually sit down and have a conversation about the hard questions and the thing that they're, that they're facing and what they're dealing with. So we're not here to pretend like we got all the answers. But we're here to say we're, we believe in you enough that we're okay with some hard questions. So we talked about belief. This week, I want to talk about the value of belong, the value of belong. It says in Romans, the 12th chapter, verse 5, it says this. So in Christ, though many, through many, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. The Christian life isn't simply about believing. It's also about belonging. It's not just believing. It's also about belonging. And my job here is to, is to tell, is to get all of us to understand the importance of belonging. Because here's the thing, when we feel like we're doing life by ourselves, when we feel like that we are isolating ourselves, we will find ourselves drifting more often because we need something. So we want to be a church that not only just tells people to believe in Jesus, but we want to tell people to also, or to encourage people to also 
belong. Last weekend, we had a leaders meeting where we had our directors and our coordinators. We just went away for a day and a half and just uh, just strategy. We were just working on strategy and plans for 24 and sharing vision and all of, of these things. Tanya made a little recap video that I thought was perfect for us to show. So I want you to watch this. This was a little recap video from our, our conference. So I'm the best right now. So that was our video where we just had an opportunity to get away. We were having a great time, and, and we were playing this game called Headbands. I don't know if you know, and you, you, you see how stupid I looked up there with that thing on? And it was just, you know, you know how it goes where you're trying to, like, you, you look ridiculous trying to get somebody to describe what's that card on, on your head. We had, we had an incredible, we had an incredible time to where it was a moment to not just believe in, in what, what God is doing in us, but to feel a community of of belonging. The, the scripture that I read says, so in Christ, we though many form one body and each member, everybody say member. Come on, say member. Each member belongs to the others. Each member, that I almost did it. I almost got rid of the word member around here. I almost did. I was about that far was saying we're not going to have a new members class. We're not going to call each other members anymore. Because let's be honest with you. The, the word member feels a little bit like, it feels a little, I don't know. It's like I'm a member of that church. I used to be a member of that church, but I'm no longer a member of that church. But now I've moved my membership you know how it is and and, and I know I'm, I'm putting a little bit of theatrics on it but it's like it just makes me kind of like how do people feel when they go into a church and we go you got to be a member to be here you ain't coming in unless you're a member here there's an old country song that says I'm a member of a country club country music is what I love and then I think something about drinking and horses and stuff like that but, 
but it, it, it's something about membership that just made me kind of like, oh, I, don't, I don't know, as I'm figuring out this vision thing, I'm trying to like see if I really am okay with that word member because I don't know how that will bring people to a place where they feel like they belong if we have to run it through that filter of a word called member. And I was ready to kill the word until I read the word. And how the word tells us that we are many and we form one body with many members. And it gives a description and a visual of how every part of our body has a purpose. Every member is connected to the main source and, and, and it's feeding each other so it's feeding in one another i'm connected to this person because god has something in their life that i don't have i have something in their life maybe that they don't have wendy's got some strengths that i wish i had i've got some strengths that gilbert wishes he had i got a whole lot of strengths that gilbert wishes he had let's tell the truth let's just tell the truth <laughs> but but you know in it but it it tells me that no we can't do a word away with the word member and in this verse it says it says so and it really this verse looked a lot like our church already because it says though many it goes though many it says it speaks to diversity and if you look around you can see that we are a diverse congregation just do something really weird. Just look at somebody that's not your color and just say, what's up? What's up? Just find somebody that's not your... Look at that. Just, what's up? What's up? It, this is what makes... This is what makes the vision of belonging so cool is that, you know what? We, aren't, we don't look like each other, but we're still members. We're still members to a greater cause. We're still members to a purpose, and that's what makes our church... Beautiful. It says that though many, we're made up of different parts, form one body. In forming one body, uh, it's, though many speaks of diversity, forming one body speaks of unity. In unity, what we have to learn and what we're learning is unity doesn't necessarily mean we always agree. But we love each other and we love the vision and we love what God is doing in us more than we fall out about our disagreements. And when you have diversity in a church, you're going to have some di disagreements. When you have people, not just racial diversity, but if you have age diversity, you're going to have some disagreements. But we're not going to let our unity to be affected because of that, because we believe in the membership. We believe that we are members of something that's greater and bigger than us. And then it says, belongs to all, and each member belongs to all the others. And it says, each member belongs to the other, which means it is interdependency, which basically tells us that there's a dependence on one another. So when we see a healthy church that, that desires to be a church where people belong, we depend on one another. I, it, it hit me. I'm a member, so you can depend on me. You're a member, so I can depend on you. I'll just say, I can't do this without you. And I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about volunteering. I'm not talking about Sundays. I'm just talking about this life. I can't do this without you. I'm better with you in my life. 
because I understand the strength of belonging, belonging to one another. I can't do this without you. I read a quote the other day. It says, our country's issue isn't that it doesn't have enough spiritual content at its fingertips, but it doesn't have enough healthy spiritual community at its doorsteps. And it just hit me. We've got to be a church where people belong. Because we have to talk about the isolation situation. That's forming, it's already in the churches, but maybe it's formed from people that have disconnected from, from churches or whatever the reason is. But we gotta talk about the isolation situation. People are struggling with hopelessness and loneliness and it's, and it's growing at a rapid rate. I read online at the APA.org, which is the American Psychological Association, it said this, there were 67% of people in early 2023 who reported feeling lonely the previous day who has also experienced anger much of that same day compared with 11% of those who said they weren't lonely or angry. 62% of lonely respondents felt significant worry the previous day compared with 32% of the non-lonely. It's just some statistics that lets us know that we need a place to belong. Whether you're in this body or you're not in this body of, of, of church and this believers, we need a place to belong. I even dug a little bit more. The U.S. Surgeon General created an advisory board. The U.S. government ran U.S. Surgeon General and created an advisory board on the healing effects of social connection and community. It's, they named it our epidemic of loneliness and isolation, 82 pages long. You can look at it online and read it. And it said these things. The loneliness epidemic is hitting young people ages 15 and 24 and senior adults the hardest. Approximately half of the U.S. adults report experiencing loneliness with some of the highest rates among young adults, millennials, and mostly Gen Z. In 2018, only 16% of Americans reported that they felt very attached to a community. And it said that loneliness increases the risk of premature death by nearly 30%. I didn't make that up. I, that's what they say. But the U.S. Surgeon General's advisory tells us that lacking social connection also is as dangerous as smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. Now, that's something they would say. But it made me go, wow, could this loneliness and isolation thing really be an issue? But we see a parallel. We see a parallel between loneliness and anger, loneliness and worry, loneliness and anxiety, loneliness and despair, loneliness and hopelessness. When people are isolated, they're just going through life by themselves. And I'm just telling you, in 2023, people can't go through life by themselves. It's too much. It's too heavy. We're about to get into another election year. 
It's going to cause everybody more anxiety. And we're going to be freaking out because of whatever our political party is. But we're going to be a church that's going to belong beyond the politics. We're going to belong beyond the politics. So we're going to be thoughtful. We're going to be kingdom-minded before we're Republican-minded or Democrat-minded. Because that's what's going to keep us in a place to belong. So we have this thing where there's people that are crying out, and they're crying out for something that is greater than them. Because social media doesn't soothe it. Alcohol doesn't fix it. Pornography doesn't fill it. And binge-watching Netflix only suspends it. It only is giving us a place to hide and to escape, to deal with what we're feeling inside. I'm not getting a lot of amens, and that's all right. That's, that just means you're listening today. Because here's the thing. What good am I to your life if I don't tell you the truth of really what's happening in your life? Yeah, so... And here, it was so important. It took God creating one man to realize this is going to be an issue. Genesis 2, the 18th verse, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. And I will make him a helper fit for him. We think of that verse and we always think about you know, Adam and Eve and, and reproduction and replenishing the earth. But I, I really believe what God said. It's not good for people to be alone. It's not good for people to be isolated. It's not good for people to feel like they've got to fight this world all by themselves. So how is a church, do, how are we at fighting this epidemic of loneliness and isolation? What's our response. I believe it's this. We have to create a space for people to belong. Brene Brown has a quote that I thought was great. It says, belonging is the innate human desire to be a part of something larger than us. All of a sudden, you will find your sadness, your loneliness, your hopelessness. You, you will find it lift when you're a part of something larger than you. I've seen marriages saved in this church because they volunteered here. And I'm not trying to get, I'm not recruiting you today. It, they were like, we don't know what it was. We, we were about to divorce. We were about to give up on this thing. And we decided we're going to get involved in our church. You know why? Because they, they, they got focused on something that was larger than them. And all of a sudden, they don't feel isolated. They don't feel by themselves. They don't feel like they've got to figure this out. And now they're in a community of belonging, and God begins to work on their hearts and see that they save their marriage. Rick Warren said, the Christian faith is not a private faith. It is a communal life together. It's not just something that we keep inside, but we got to do this together. We're stronger together. We're better together. We help each other. So what's larger than us? Let me tell you what's larger than us, and I'm speaking to our vision. This vision is larger than us. 
What God is laying on my heart is larger than me. It keeps me up at night. I have more ideas in my mind that I hadn't even shared with you. And it feels big. It feels I'm like, God, is it even possible that we can get that accomplished? I have so much in me. It's larger than us. The vision is larger than us. Disciple making disciples is a little bit lofty for us, but we're working on it. We're going to keep pushing it because we don't want to be a church to where we just come and just be with a buffet of believers to where we just come and eat, eat, eat on Sundays, but we're actually making a difference in our communities and we're leading people to Jesus and we're a disciple that's making disciples. So we're, that feels larger than us. Transi transitioning from this location to another location that's about seven miles down the road doesn't seem far, but it feels larger than us. And these ideas, these dreams, these callings, these purposes, they feel larger than us. But our vision says that we belong to a faith-filled community. I know when we say faith-filled, we just go, oh, yeah, cool, we're people of faith. We're, it's supposed to be a faith-filled community. But when we understand larger than us things in our life, it doesn't affect us because we understand we're filled with, with faith. And Matthew tells us that whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. And Hebrews says that without faith, it is impossible to please me. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hebrews is the most popular faith verse. It says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What is faith? Is another verse in the living says, it is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we can't see it up ahead. We're wired to be people of faith. We're wired to look at things that are larger than us and go, I'll take that mountain down by myself. I, it doesn't matter if it's large because we're driven by things that are larger than us. And when we understand that we are a community of belonging because we have a collective goal in mind, they say, we got some lofty big things that God has put in our heart, but we belong together. And we're not going to allow people to drift and to isolate and feel like they got to do life on their own, but we're going to focus on the things that's larger than us. Belong to a faith-filled community, not a member of a country club. A faith-filled community, not just so we can wear our pathway t-shirts at lunch and we let everybody we know that we're a member there yeah i'm we need to be proud of our church wear your shirts just don't cuss out the waitress when you're wearing your shirts just don't do that they're gonna google me <laughs> so but but we're be proud of our church but understand it's not just the membership it's that we're faith-filled people and we've got some things that God has on our hearts to accomplish. Can I just shrink it down to your life for a moment? There's things in your heart that you want to accomplish that's bigger and larger than you. And what you've got to do is you've got to stay connected to belong to a community that's going to help pull those things out of you. You can't do life by yourself. It's larger than you. Mark, the second chapter, tells a story, and I'm going to wrap up here in a minute. It, it tells a story about when Jesus was returning to 
Capernaum. And, and he, he shows up and the news is spread. Jesus is, is, I mean, he's seeing all of these miracles take place. Uh, people of the ministry is blowing up and Jesus is back at his hometown. And, and so then there's a house where Jesus is in and he's going to do some teaching. And so, of course, Jesus is popular. So the house is packed. And it said in verse two, it says, so soon the house where he was staying was so packed that the visitors that were there, there were no more room, even outside the door. And it says that while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. And they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole in the roof. And they dug a hole and they, they lowered the man on his mat right in front of Jesus. Such a, it's such a great story. That these men understood. What did they do? They understood that, listen, maybe he is in his situation. And he just needs to get into a community of faith-filled people. And there's people that realize that, listen, he, can't, he cannot lay here paralyzed for the rest of his life. So what did they do? Even when they couldn't get in, even when they couldn't come through the back door, even when they couldn't fit in a window, they decided to rip the roof off to, to lower this man. They found another way. We want to be a church where people belong that regardless of what people go through, we're going to find another way. We're, we're going to find another way. We're going to... We're going to create a space for people to belong by finding another way. If you're hopeless, good news, you're at the right place. We're going to help you find another way. If you're broken, good news, you're in the right place to belong, and we're going to help you find another way. If you're sick in your body, you know what? You don't have to be stuck in your diagnosis. You don't have to be uh, stuck in what the doctors tell you. And I know we're going to listen to doctors, but the Bible also says, whose report are we going to believe? We're going to believe the report of a Lord. So you know what? You don't have to be stuck. We're going to find another way. While you're stressed out about it, we're going to help you find another way. That's what the beauty of the community of those that belong, we're going to help you find another way. And to be a church where people belong, we have to press through the inconvenience of people's issues. We got to press through. These four men says, man, the miracle is in the house. We can't let them lay here paralyzed while the miracle is in the house. So we got to press through. We got to find another way because people belonging can be messy. And we got to be a church that nothing else matters than to make sure people feel like they belong. As you know, this is not our building. We're leasing it back. It used to be ours. We're building a new church and all of those things. And there's been, caught, there's been talk in the office about the coffee stains on the carpet. We try to keep it clean. But people will bring their coffee in, and it spills. And I was up here after prayer a few weeks ago. I had to make sure everybody left first. And I started cleaning up the stains. Now, don't freak out. Don't freak out. I know anything that the pastor's doing that kind of stuff. Listen, it's good that you see me in a healthy light. I'll say it again because we don't get this because we think that oftentimes that pastors can't do anything. And that's a myth. And we have put pastors on such a pedestal 
that they can't even, they can't even, you know, do anything. They got go, listen, I, I don't need people to, to follow me and do that. We got great armor bearers and I'm grateful for that. But we need to make sure that our church is looking at me in a healthy light. I, you need it for you and I need it for me. And so I'm just saying that. So I was cleaning up the coffee and I was like, just going to each spot and, and I just begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the person that spilled this coffee. That they felt like they belonged here to even come through the doors. That we didn't make them feel some kind of way. And everybody's like, well, what's the rules for the coffee? I don't even know. I don't even know what the rules are. I don't know if the rules are no coffee allowed. I don't know if we should all just go to Starbucks on the way to church and just sit here and drink coffee and talk to Jesus. I don't know the rules. But I will tell you what, I will never allow coffee stains to keep people feeling like they don't belong. Never. So if we have to have some carpet cleaner for all of us, we'll clean carpet if we have people that belong. Now for the church people, let me put my pants down. If you spill your coffee, go pick up something and clean it up. I'm going to come to your house and spill coffee and walk out the door on you. But we want you to be, know that you're welcome here. And it's a, it's a place for you to belong. Clean up your coffee, y'all. Clean up your coffee. Because I wonder if maybe the paralyzed man maybe just felt like he didn't belong in the room. Maybe the people in the room that had their legs working walked past him so they could take their place in the room. And, and I just wonder, and it was the beauty of these four menaces. Listen, we got to make sure he gets in there so he can belong to get his healing, to get his breakthrough. Because we have this thing that belonging versus fitting in. And, and, and belonging is being accepted for who you truly are. Belonging is being accepted for who you truly are. But fitting in is being accepted for being like everyone else. We, we got we to gotta get this fixed. Not just our church. We're a friendly church. Just in general. Because we want to have a vision for people to belong. But, but we really want them to be like us, dress like us, talk like us, say amen when I say amen. And we, I wonder how many people we have ran out of this church. Because we weren't even thinking about them belonging we just want them to fit in. And if they come dressed maybe a little bit scandalous. We do this before we even say hi to them. We do this. Because they don't fit in here. What? Tell that to Jesus when he, he bent down and he began to ride in the sand. When they were about to stone the woman because she was accused 
of what she was accused of. And Jesus said, listen, you without sin, go ahead and pick up the stone. And then they begin to drop their stones and walk away because the reality of it is, is you dress scandalous in your days too. So I want people to realize that they, they, they belong. If you feel like you've done something bad on Saturday night, you don't have to worry about fitting in here. You just belong automatically. You, you belong here. Because, I, yeah, we want to walk you through of making some, some, some life changes so you can make better decisions so you don't get yourself in the mess that you're in. But I, want, I don't want to be a church where the people just got to fit in. It will stunt our growth if we have that attitude. Because there's a world of people out there that just want to go to a place to belong. And you will love me for who I am. You'll love me just because I messed up. You'll love me. And listen, if you're cussing in the parking lot, come on in. You belong. Because you're going to be somebody, some other Christians that's going to be cussing right along with you. So just get on in here. And let's all work it out together. I don't, we have to lose that religious critical spirit. That if they don't fit the mold and I've been in church all my life and a lot of us have and and we've got our checklist of what people need to be like and act like and talk like and dress like but we want to break that we want to break that to where you come in messed up you come in with tattoos and you come in with tattoos on your face and you come in you come in looking the way you look you come in if you if 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 you have alcohol in your breath welcome to our church we're glad you're here we're glad you're here. If you were smoking in the car before you got in here and everybody's going, "Woo, what's that skunk? Get on in here. Get on in here because I want you to belong because I can't change your life, but I can introduce you to someone. I can tell you about somebody. Woo. I can tell you about somebody that can step into your world and turn it around in just a moment. I want you to belong here. I don't want you just fitting in. Because if I get to be me, I belong. But if I have to be like you, I just fit in. Did I offend anybody with that last little three minutes? I talked about marijuana, talked about alcohol scandalous dressing what else did I do cursing you, you girl you jumped on that one you were like cursing <laughs> and then it says in verse 5 seeing their faith Jesus said to the paralyzed man, he didn't say, you're healed. He said, your sins are forgiven. Because when you have a community where people belong, and we will be the ones to make sure you ain't here to fit in, you're here to belong, and we will lower broken people from the roof, and we drop them right in front of Jesus, then all of a sudden, what we thought they needed, Jesus says, no, you don't, you need that, but I'm also going to do this in the process. And that's the beauty of the working of Jesus in our life. He not only will fix this, but he'll fix this, and he'll fix this, and he'll fix this. It's because all we got to do is just keep lowering people to Jesus. 
where they belong. He tells them, verse 11, says, stand up, pick up your mat, go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out the door, stunned onlookers, probably those, you don't fit in here, people. Probably the members. And they were stunned, and they were all amazed and praised God and says, we've never seen anything like this before. Do you know where Jesus was? We would say he was in the house. But do you know where Jesus was? He was in the hearts of four men. That even though they weren't in the room, they knew what he was doing in the room. And he was in the hearts of four men that says, listen, I want to make sure that I, we can be a part of lowering this man down. And so here's the thing. I, I believe that if we answer the call to Jesus being in our heart and just, just knowing that we belong. I, I had a moment this week and Tanya just, she, she lowered, she was a part of lowering me to Jesus. It was, you know, it was a challenging day on Wednesday. Just a, just a hectic day. And, and so I was home and Tanya had, had a youth ministry and, and it's Jacob, right? Jacob, is Jacob here? Jacob, can you come here for a second, bro? I ain't trying to embarrass you. Except I just embarrassed you. Other than that, other, other than that I ain't trying. So, come up, man. Just, so Jacob preached in youth on, on Wednesday. And, um, and so he, he, uh, he was sharing, Tanya is raising up people to stand up. And so he, he shared the word. And so before it started, she looked at his notes and, and she goes, hey, I think you, I think you would like to read this. And so, and so he, she sends me his, his note from his iPhone. What's up, iPhone? And, and he just wrote down his closing prayer, and it said this. He says, Father God, thank you for Pathway and all they do. Thank you, Father, for Pastor Kelly. Ooh, I'm trying not to cry. He tries so hard for the next generation to know you. And if he thinks that we're not getting anything from what he's saying, please reassure him that we are listening. Reassure him that we are listening and we're thankful for him. Thank you for our youth group leaders. Please continue to bless Pathway. Please continue to help me grow my confidence so I can lead one day. And with you, nothing is impossible. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Yeah. And yeah, thank you for that. Man, it just... I was, 
For just a moment, I was the paralyzed man outside of the house. About five o'clock, Tanya sends me that. She goes, hey, I think this will help you. And I read it and I cried and Holly's decorating the Christmas tree. Yeah, we're those people. <laughs> and I'm just crying. I read it to Holly and I just, I said, thank you, Jesus, for Jacob. To where I'm just grateful that I'm a part of a community. Like a Tanya that will lower me to Jesus and make the connection. And using Jacob to be the one just to encourage me. To encourage me. I know what you think. I should be encouraging him. Not today. He encouraged me. And I just want to publicly thank you for that. Thank you for thinking of me, man. It meant so much to me. You don't understand what that did for my week. It lifted me, man. And I want to... I want to say thank you and also want to pray. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in Jacob's life. God, I thank you for the passion that he has for you. I pray that you will just let it come to life. God, he wants to be a leader. I speak leadership over him. God, if it's a preacher, let a preacher come forth. If it's an evangelist, whatever. If it's business, God, I thank you that the leadership is forming out of him. And God, thank you for allowing him for you using him to minister to me. And I give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for Jacob. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Woo! Yeah. So, it's, it's like, what does belong look like? It's a lot like the headbands game. Where you go through life by yourself. I don't know what's going on with me. I just feel like I'm just carrying something and I don't know. And you're by yourself. You're isolated and no one can define it for you. Until you step into pathway. And they can begin to tell you in front of you and act it out. And they'll, they'll let you know that, that you're, you're dealing with, with fear. This is what. And they begin to break everything down for you and says, listen, I know what it is. I, I'm your brother. I'm your sister. I'm here for you. And you're dealing with a level of fear in your life. And you felt like you were playing the game by yourself in that little timer, that the, the, the sand of the hourglass for the game. And you turn it over and it becomes more anxious, like I'm running out of time. I need this to happen. I need this job to happen for me. I need this to happen. And you're just constantly need. And you're doing it by yourself. Because you don't have anybody in front of you that's telling you that you're dealing with. Like, what am I feeling? I'm feeling this, this pain. I'm feeling this worry. I don't know how to do this. You just need somebody to lower you to Jesus. You need somebody to make the connection so a Jacob will say, hey, you can beat worry. And whatever the issue is, you just need somebody that's going to play the headbands game with you and say, you may be dealing with loneliness. Maybe you're a young adult and you're dealing with loneliness. Maybe you're a senior adult. And your, your spouse has passed away. And that house that used to be so full of life is just now stuck 
with your chair and watching TV and that little Meemaw table that you have. And you're stuck with those things and you're like, I don't know what to do. But, but you need the community of people around you to say, listen, get up on out of this house. We're going to lunch. Get up on out of this house. We're going to go shopping. We're going to go to Walmart and get those carts. Yeah. We're going to cruise around. Because loneliness is not your destiny. So I'm lowering you to Jesus or whatever the issue is. Maybe it's, it's, it's resentment that you're carrying or maybe it's abuse that you're carrying. Maybe it's anger that you're carrying. It goes on and on and I'm going to spare you and take that off my head. But I'm here to tell you, you need somebody around you that will make you feel like you belong. That's our vision for our church. To be that church. To be that example. So what's our response? Our response is simply this. What can we do next? I want you to consider being a part of belonging here by serving. I told you the story about the married couple. I promise you, if you feel like it's heavy, serve here. Serve here. We have a beautiful dream team culture here. We do life together. We meet at 9.15 and we pray and we cry and we worship. We high five. We, we take pictures. It's, it's the best part of my week. 15 minutes before we just gather. It's beautiful. Be a part. It's not so much for recruiting. It's simply just, just you being a part of the body so you can belong. And what else can you do? Help us pray about the timing of Small groups, belong groups, community groups. I don't even know what we're going to call it. But, but we need to do something greater than this. Maybe it's something that God's laying on your heart. Pray about that. And my last thing is become a member. Become a member. Be a part of the working body of Christ. Just be a part. Don't do life by yourself. You're losing the battle, isolating yourself. Yeah. So every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, thank you for Jacob. <laughs> thank you for Jacob who encouraged me. And maybe everybody kind of has the assumption that I've always got to be the encourager. Oh, God, I'm not that strong. Sometimes I just need to be a part of a community, of a body, to belong so people will encourage me. God, I thank you that there are other Jacobs in this church. And I pray right now that there are people here under the sound of my voice that just feel alone. I feel like, God, that they just, they're hopeless. And I pray that you'll touch them. Maybe they need a Savior. That's it. God, I'm climbing on the roof today. And I'm going to do my best to lower them to you. God, I pray that you'll touch their heart. Maybe they're lost without you. Maybe they don't know you. And if that's you, I just want to pose a question to you. And if you're here today and you go, I don't know Jesus, can you just raise your hand? I want to be on one side of that rope and lower you to him. If you just raise your hand, if you don't know him, I see, I see your hand. I see your, anybody else, anybody else, just... Keep your head bowed just for a moment. Just want to make, never embarrass anybody. But if it's you, I see one hand. 
And that one hand, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. We're going to stand up. Everybody stand to your feet. and We're going to pray and close this out. But the one that one hand, if you would just come down here, I'd like to put my hand in your hand and to tell you that you are no longer alone. That you belong here. Come on and clap your hands and just give encouragement as they come. It's a long walk down that aisle, and I want us to let them know that we belong here. Come on, Pathway, make some noise and let them know that they belong here. And they're no longer going to be on the outside in their situation, but we're lowering them to Jesus today. It ain't about fitting in. It's about belonging. What's up, girl? It is so good to see you. Hey, what's up? Good to see you. I'm so proud of you guys. Y'all stay right here. Y'all stay right here. We're praying for you. You can come over here. Anybody else? Anybody else? I just want to pray for you. Stretch your hands to these. Father, I thank you for this couple. Oh, you're not a couple? Oh, Lord Jesus. Hey, how are you? Thank you for bailing me out right now. Thank you. Um, I'm so sorry. God, thank you that we're lowering these beautiful young couples to you, these young adults to you. I thank you for what you're doing in their life. Come on, sir. We appreciate you. Come on, God is still doing it. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. Anybody else? I'm trying to rush the prayer, and I just need to just take some time. Anybody else? I just want to pray over you. Anybody else? It just lets you know, hey, we're lowering people to Jesus today. We're lowering people to... What's up, girl? How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. How are you, my friend? Man, you're not alone, bro. You, you don't have to fit in here. You can just belong here, man. Look what the Lord is doing. Yeah, this is what's up. This is what's up. I, I want us to pray. And, and our, if we have a few of our altar team members, just kind of step behind them. And, and I'm just going to lead you in a prayer right where you're at. And this is just called a salvation prayer. This is, this is nothing that there's no magic in my words. There's no secret potion in my words. It's simply just leading you. And I want you to pray with me as these that have made a commitment to follow Jesus or to recommit their life to Jesus. I want you to pray for them. I want you to repeat it for me. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you that I belong. Thank you for dying for me. And I confess my sins to you. Help me to lead myself forward into this beautiful life that you've given me. I pray that you will touch my heart, change me, help me, and grow me into being everything that you've called me to be. I'm now saved, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and clap your hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I love it. So great to meet you guys. And um, I, I want to invite you if, you, if you want, just my, my right. You're right, too. You're right. Just come over here. To, just lead them to this side over here. And we just want to get some information uh, from you guys and just let you know that you, uh, to, to belong here, we need your information so we can stay connected with you. And uh, we appreciate you so, so very much. We're, we're working through this vision, y'all. Is it, is it working out okay? Yeah, so, and I just pray for you that we will take up the responsibility to make sure people belong, not just fit in, 
Let's just tear up the list of running them through the filter of our expectations. And let's just make people belong. Let's keep lowering people to Jesus. Father, I thank you for my family. I thank you for the beautiful spirit that's in our church to make people feel welcome and belong here. Help us to be able to uphold this vision moving forward. We know that you have great things in store for us. But Father, we are in the business to lead people to you primarily. Help us do that by creating an environment for people to belong, not just in this church, but out of this church. Let us do life outside of the church and let Sundays be an overflow of what you've done through us through the week. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this was a resource and a blessing to your life. Go to our webpage, polc.cc, to connect with us on all of the things that we're doing. And we want to stay connected to you because we believe God has some great things for you.